Good morning, everyone. How are we? Isn't it a beautiful day? What do you think? Great to baptize, Kale. Eh? Can we all have a amen or something, eh? Oh, right. Uh, thank you for that wonderful clip about baptism. Uh, so if you haven't been baptism, what's stopping you? I love that. There's two ancient um, there's two ancient things that have been handed to us from Jesus himself. One is um, ordinances. You had that last week. Did you enjoy that? Praise God for that. And we have that uh, four, times a, four times a year. I think we need to have it more often. But if you have it at home, that's another place to do it or in your small groups. So communion's a, ready, a, a regular thing that we, sh- we have. And that was given to us by Jesus himself. The other one is baptism. But before I go any further, let me pray. Father in heaven, it is a good day today. And we know that heaven is celebrating because because Cale is making his stand evident before all here, before all in the heavenlies, both fallen and holy, that he chooses Jesus. And we thank you, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you will not allow anything to get in the way of this, that you will bind any, any uh, fallen spirits that may want to mess this up because I really hate this sort of thing. We celebrate and we, we feel your presence. We pray that you will close us in. In Jesus' name, amen. The concept of baptism. There's a story, it's, it's not called baptism, but it's kind of a strange story that's kind of plopped in the Old Testament. There was a man called Naaman. He was the enemy. He was the leading, the leading captain. He was the leading officer of the enemy's army of Israel, for heaven's sake. And he was well loved by his men, loved by the king. Apparently the king was very old. And he trusted Naaman. And the, he, had, he had everything that was going for him except for one thing. He had leprosy. Now, I... In, in terms of uh, thinking about leprosy, in terms of some, a symbolic or metaphorical concept, leprosy can be like sin. Very hard to get rid of, and only God can get rid of it. Now, Naaman had done some raiding in Israel, and he'd captured a heap of young Israelites. One of them was a young girl who was a slave and was serving his, his wife. And, you know, what I love about the story, because it kind of opens up that he must have been a noble, and his family must have been a noble family, uh, uh, an honourable honorable family, because this little girl loved him. This little girl, even though she was a slave, she, she said to her mistress, if only my master could go and see the prophet in Israel, he would, his leprosy would be healed. Well, Naaman does. He goes to the king. Can I go into enemy territory? Can I have a letter? And can I go and get this leprosy fixed up? The king says, go for it. He heads off, comes to the king of Israel. We're not told who it is. Um, uh, But the king of Israel reads the letter and says, what? Who thinks I can heal leprosy? Am I God that I can raise people from the dead? He kind of equates the healing leprosy like raising people from the dead. This is impossible. 
and he takes his garments and he tears his garments in alarm and grief as if he read, he read this whole situation that the king of, king of Syria was trying to pick a fight with Israel. Off in a corner of Israel was a man called Elisha and Elisha was a prophet and he heard about the king renting his clothes and he says, he sent a message to, to the king and said, send this man to me and I will send So Naaman, with all his chariots, with, he had a lot of booty he was going to bring and he was, whoever was going to heal him, right, he was going to pour all his riches on this person. He gets, to, he gets to Elisha's place and um, Elisha doesn't even go out and see him. Elisha sends his servant out and, and his servant says, go and wash yourself seven times in the Jordan and you'll be healed. Then he walks back in. This man is incensed. He didn't even, he didn't even bother coming to me. He didn't even come and face me. He didn't come and go wave his hand over my leprosy in, in, in the name of Yahweh and heal me what's the point of this? And he was going to storm off. Where his servants, the ones who were with him, says, Master, if, you'd, if he'd got you to crawl over a mountain or something, to do some great thing, you would have done it just to get rid of this. What's wrong with just dunking in a, in a river? This river. So he does. He goes into a river. He goes into the Jordan River. And seven times he goes into the water. One, two, three, to seven and when he comes out, his skin is perfect. It actually says in the Bible, his skin is like a baby's skin. And that's kind of what Jesus does to us. He takes away our leprosy, our sin. And he makes us like a baby. A newborn. A newborn in him. Well, Naaman is so overjoyed. He goes back to Elisha and says, come on, I've got all this goods have it. And there was gold, there was clothes, there was all sorts of stuff. He was going to pour it on Elisha. Elisha said, no, God forbid, I would never do that. Well, the king says a really interesting thing, and this is quite telling when you contemplate the fact that the Old Testament way of viewing uh, the unseen realm and the supernatural realm and stuff, they believed in a thing called, um, we call today, of sacred geography sacred geography Israel or if your your town or your country had a God and everything under that God was was sacred to that God so the earth the trees and, and they used to worship um, um, sacred spirits of gods of this and gods of that right and he goes up to he goes up to Elisha he says if you're not going to take my stuff will you at least me take as enough dirt that my donkeys can carry so I can take it home. You know what he's doing? He's taking Elisha's land, God's land, back to his land. He says, I'm never worship another God again. I'm going to put it on my floor and I'm going to bow down to Yahweh for the rest of my life. Isn't that profound? He was willing to take dirt from another country because that represented the land where that God was. Yahweh and he was going to 
put it, he put it on the floor and he was going to worship Yahweh for the rest of his life. And he said, but I've got, I need a dispensation. I need some forgiveness here because I've got to go in with the king into his temple, the temple of his God. And he leans on me and when I take him to the altar, he has to bow to the, bow to the God. I'm not bowing. I don't believe in this God anymore. Do I have forgiveness if I have to go in with my king? This, king, this is my responsibility. And Elisha says, go, go in peace, it's okay. What an amazing story. Israel was in apostasy. Israel was in a really bad way. One of the reasons why God gave them uh, the, this Naaman, and the Bible says Naaman was given power over Israel to, to, to defeat Israel because of their sin. Israel got so bad to the point where they were eventually deported, and then Judah as well, they were deported they did some terrible things and God had to, had to follow up in his word. You can't, you can't keep doing this, guys. And so he gave them over to the Babylonians. For 70 years they were there. Eventually they came back. They, they were never the same. The temple was never, never the same. And from then on they start. And there was a, there was a um, prophecy from Daniel about a Messiah to come. And from then on they looked for a Messiah. Now, Naaman being called to wash in the river was a natural thing for Jews because if you had leprosy and stuff, that's the first thing that they got you to do. They would call you to, to wash yourself. 400 years, God stopped talking to Israel. Didn't hear, didn't hear a peep from God. There was a lot of amazing and crazy literature that was being written, toing and froing over some theological issues, sounds a bit like us today, right, of what's, what God's going to do and how the Messiah's going to come and what's it going to be like when the Messiah comes and all that sort of stuff. And it, but, but God, to his people, there was no prophet, there was nothing, it was silence. The only thing they had was the scriptures, and the scriptures told of an Elijah who was going to come at the right time, at the right place, a man dressed in camel, camel, camel hair clothes with a leather belt, comes out of the desert and he starts saying repent be baptized for the Messiah is coming and the kingdom of God is here now and people flock to him they just flock to him baptism at time just like Naaman was kind of like a cleansing but it wasn't a cleansing the cleansing was you would repent you would if you read the scriptures they would they would confess their sins, repent of their sins, and the baptism was a sign that they were ready and deciding to prepare for Messiah. And in fact, John the Baptist says, I baptize you with water, but one comes after me, is coming after me, and I'm not even worthy to, to stoop down and do his, touch his shoes. He's, he's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. There's a crazy thought. We won't go into that. There's a whole theological dis discussion about that. But the concept of the fire is the Holy Spirit. In the midst of all this, people coming from all over Judea, all over Israel, Galilee, all over the place, were coming to give, be baptized because they knew there was a movement of the Holy Spirit that Messiah was about to come. And in the midst of this crowd steps this man, a big, bulky man. I think Jesus was the big guy. In terms of he was a builder, he would have been a stonemason as well because he would have been building houses and stuff. He would have looked like flame in a tank. He was a tradie. He walks in here, but there was something about, it that, about him that was divine, profound, deep, 
spiritual. He had a presence about him that brought the presence of God. And, and he comes up to John and John looks at him and, and, and he says, I can't baptize you. You've got to baptize me. And Jesus says, nah, 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 nah. this has got to happen this way to fulfill all righteousness. What does that mean? I can't say anyone really knows. But I know one thing. Because he got baptized, it made me want to get baptized. Here's something that happened. This is what I love about this story. When Jesus went down into the water, he wasn't going down because his old life had to get gotten rid of. He went down there because you and I needed to go down there. He came up. Now, Mark is, is quite profound when he explains what Jesus saw. It says, Mark, Jesus came up out of the water. And he says he looks up and, he's, and, and Luke says as he's praying... The heavens were open, but Mark uses a specific word. He uses a word we have we have an English word version of this. It's the Greek word schizo. It's a tearing, the fabric of of the veil between us and the supernatural realm that stops us from contacting them directly or contacting heaven directly. Because if we get close to God, we're going to be wiped out. He's He's God of glory, and we're sinners. That was torn open. Now, the idea of the concept of the tearing is when something is torn, you can't put it back together again. That veil between us and God is torn forever. And the Holy Spirit came through that veil upon Jesus. And as the, as the Holy Spirit rested upon Jesus in the form of a dove, they heard the voice through that veil, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. I'd like to tell you that everyone who's baptized, Holy Spirit comes upon you and he says to all of us, Kale, you are my beloved son. I'm pleased with you, boy. Jesus talks about a party of everyone who gives their heart to Jesus. What does this even mean, though? What's the meaning of baptism? Well, they, they, they talked about the old person going into the water... And staying down there, well, Paul uses this language. He takes the picture of baptism and he says, when we go into the water, it's like we are being baptized into the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The meaning of baptism is a renewal, a, tr a transformation. You go in. Immediately, you are dead at that while you're under the water to God's, that person, that sinner, just died. And that sinner no longer has power over you. Come up, you will come up into the resurrection of Jesus Christ and now the Holy Spirit has power in your life. The issue though is, who are you going to give the power to? Are you going to keep digging the old person up or are you going to allow the, the, the Holy Spirit to create a new person in you? Paul even goes on to say, the life I now live, I live in Jesus Christ. They said baptism's not going to save you. Well, what baptism does, it declares before all, both heavenly and earthly, both fallen and holy, whose side you on. Because we are in a battle where there is a war raging and we are the foot soldiers in the middle of it all. There's no geography, as in the Old Testament. There's no Israel versus Assyria or Syria or Lebanon. There's none of, none of that anymore. We, you and I, the people out there, 
the people who haven't given their heart to Jesus yet. They are the geography that Jesus is fighting for. He fought for everyone on this planet. What we do when we go into the water, we plunge into the, into the depths of the grave, we come out a new person. Now, Kale, you're a young, young lad and you haven't made the mistakes that a lot of us have made. Praise God for that and may you not make the same mistakes I made. May none of you make the same mistakes I've made. But if you have made mistakes, if you haven't been baptised, if you feel in your heart that you need a renewal, if you feel in your heart that there's something, that there's some sort of ownership of inside your heart from the enemies trying to put condemnation and stuff, when you get baptised, you are a new person in God's eyes. That's the meaning of baptism. And that's, Kale, what you're signing up for. So, Kale, will you come up here, please? Isn't he a cool guy? <laughs> How are you feeling? Excited. Yeah, good. Me too. I'm really excited too. Um, so, Kale, um, there's, there's the uh, baptism part, but I just wanted to um, ask you some questions. I call this baptism. Questions of baptismal commitment. It's kind of technical. You don't have to do it, but I'm going to do it anyway because it's really good. If you're going to make a statement in terms of a very physical baptism, you might as well make a statement out your mouth. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, I, I think definitely. that. If you're going to do it, you might as well talk about it. So, Kale, that Jesus Christ is your personal saviour and Lord. I do. Okay. And is it your desire to live out a saving relationship with him? Definitely. Oh, awesome. So, here's, a, here's an important one. Do you believe in the teachings of the Bible and are you willing to live in harmony with the te- teachings of Jesus? I am. Oh, awesome, mate. Right, do you desire to be baptised as a public declaration of your belief in Jesus Christ as your saviour? Yes. Can we hear an amen? <laughs> All right. Now, now this is important, mate. Do you realise that you are not uh, that you are actually becoming part of the body of Christ? Do you realise that? I do. Okay. Now, what that means is, you know how the picture was that they put on the jersey. Well, Mike keeps telling me if you're gonna if you're gonna be a part of a team, you've got to turn up for work, right, Mike? Absolutely. Well, the reason why we're putting this jersey on is because we've got to turn up. Can I hear an amen there? All right, so do you, do you understand that you are part of the body, you will be part of the body of Christ to serve God, to support the ministry of Jesus through your personal influence, your tithes and your life of service? Yes. Hey, can we have an applause? Okay. So um, without any more ado, I think what we need to do Oh, before I do anything else, here is a here is a technical thing I've got to do. So please excuse me. Um, those of you who are here, um, he's coming, becoming part of you. You you understand that, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't have to really explain that. But anyway, right. So do you do you vow to support, Kale? Do I hear an amen there or a yes or something? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Do you? Um, 
accept him as a member of the local Fremantle Seventh-day Adventist Church? Could you raise your hands? Oh, look at those hands, Kale. Mate, excellent. Well, we don't need to keep talking. We just can, can, can get you baptised, mate. Um, we don't have any photos, guys. Ah, there we go. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Hey, you were looking pretty young there, bro. <laughs> anyway, uh, we're going to go and, uh, and we'll invite the band up and we're going to go and prepare for the next part. Can everyone hear me? Are you ready? So, Kale, this has been a great journey. It's just only the beginning, though. Um, having you choose to be on Jesus' side, to step up, be part of the body of Christ, I do believe you've got a calling over your life, as do we all. Um, we've, we, um, we've all got a calling. And I know God's got a special plan for you, Kale. So I just want to um, want to pray into that afterwards. Uh, when we get back, I want to invite any elders or anyone who wants to gather around Kale and myself. We're going to pray for Kale as well. So Kale, Jesus said, "Go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit." And you know what? That's what we're going to do here today. So Kale, this is an honour for me, right? to baptise you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God's here. He's here all the time, but today is a special time. Some of you may be going, oh, really? Do I... Do I want to be baptised? Some of you may be shy. I didn't want to be re-baptised. I fought it tooth and nail till God just grinded me down. But what's stopping you? We've got some young ones coming up. They're going to be baptised soon. That's going to be a good, great day as well. But if there's anyone here who are feeling the power of the Holy Spirit right now, speaking into your heart, saying, it's your time now. I've got a job for you. Won't you come to someone here today, to me this after, after church or to your local pastor if you're a visitor or to, to an elder or a youth leader and say, look, I need to be baptised. I need to join the team. I want to put the good jersey on and I want to play in my team and kick some goals. What do you think? I pray in Jesus' name that anyone here hearing the voice of the Lord Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit, that their heart will be given in to the voice, the invitation, and, the, and, and be guided towards that narrow gate where they will be entering into baptism and full discipleship of Jesus Christ and enter into the calling which, 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 with which they've been called. Name. Amen. Do we have any elders? Can we put some hands up who's an elder here? Hands up. Kaylee, Brad, anyone else an elder? Come on, Christine, anyone else who's an elder of another church? Mike, you're an elder, aren't you? Yeah, good on you, mate. Oh, yeah, the dad's, the, the band's got to be part of it. <laughs> okay, um, could we have...
the bags. Um, could you be ready with the... Oh, okay, all right. So, Kale, you put the jersey on. Uh, you're part of the team and you're going to enter the game. But you know what? We're, we're told we're not allowed to enter the game. We, we, we could try. I've tried it. It didn't work. Without the Holy Spirit. Do you want the Holy Spirit? Yes, definitely. So he wants the Holy Spirit. You know what we've got to do? We, we promised... Peter once said, at Pentecost, on the day when the, when the Holy Spirit was just raging through the, the apostles, and everyone was going, what's going on? And he had this amazing sermon. They said, what do we do? And they were pricked to the heart. And you know what Peter said? He said, he said repent, be baptized for the forgiveness of sins, and you will receive the Holy Spirit. But there are other parts where Jesus says, ask, seek, and knock for the Holy Spirit. So what we're going to do today, we're going to pray over you, over your calling, and we're going to pray and invite the Holy Spirit into your life. And you've just now made an affirmation that yes, you want him in your life. Okay? Do we have witnesses to that? All right. Uh, Dad, will you open with prayer for us, mate? And then I'll close. We'll just go around, whoever, and we'll lay hands on Kale. Lord's great day. Um... I want to especially pray that you keep your arms around Kale and, and just stay with him. I know you will. And, uh, you know, he's got a great future ahead of him and I know you'll be part of that, Lord. But thank you so much for that. Thanks, Lord, for blessing us with Kale and Holy Spirit. We ask that fill Kale to overflowing as, um, as he makes this important decision to give his life over to you. And we thank you and we praise you and we're so excited and we're also very well pleased indeed to have Kale join our family here. Yeah, we want to thank you so much, Father, for being witnesses today to, to the commitment that Kale's made to, to following you, Jesus. And we pray, Spirit, that you'll continue to fill him. And we know you've already been a part of his life and his journey, but we just pray for it in abundance that it overflows, that um, he'll know your calling and um, he'll, your presence in his life and, and you'll give him the confidence to, to move forward and make a difference in this world in Jesus' name. Dear God, thank you so much for blessing us with Kale. Um, now that he's made this awesome decision to follow you, I pray that you'll help us, his church family, to support him in however he needs, that you send the right people to him so he can stay closely knit with you. Um, and I can't wait to see what you do through Kale. Amen. Dear Lord, we just thank you for Cal's life. We thank you, Lord, that he's made this decision such at such a young age. And Lord, we um, support him and um, encourage him. And we're excited to see what plans you have for his life in Jesus' name. Father, in, in, in the name of your son, Jesus, whom you, in who are well pleased, in whom you bestowed your spirit upon, you tore the heavens open so you could get to your son, and because you got to your son, you could get to us. Father, we just bring Kale to you in the name of Jesus. Pour your spirit into him. Overflow him with the gifts and the blessings you have for the walk you have planned for him, for the calling you have on his life. We ask this, and can the community say, Amen. Amen.